0: what's up everybody Troy Cartwright here just wanted to say a quick thank you last week was our biggest week ever for tenure town um, we also dropped a QA episode last Thursday we'd love to know what you guys thought of it uh, if you enjoyed the format because it's a little different than our normal episodes so if you have any feedback send it to Troy Cartwright at tenuretown.com thanks today's guest is Jacob Durett Jacob is a songwriter and producer. You've heard his work on artists like Hardy, Morgan Wallen, Ernest, Diplo, Devin Dawson. The list goes on. He's incredibly talented. I've known Jacob for a long time. We first connected on a songwriter's retreat to Mexico back in, I think, 2018. In this episode, we talk about trying to be more like Craig Wiseman, AI, the future of music, I really enjoyed this conversation with Jacob. Without further ado, here it is. Thanks for being here. How yeah. uh, how long have you have you been in Nashville?
1: Uh, I think it's nine years. Really? Yes. Dang. Coming up on 10.
0: Where did you come from?
1: I came from Sacramento, California, so Northern California, in between Go San Kings. Francisco. Go Kings. 2005, 2006 Kings. I guess now they're... they were coming back. They did good this year. Yeah. Yeah, we got robbed so hard so when we were kids, so I just like
0: Yeah. I mean the Mavericks were also very bad. Except oh five, oh six they were right, and then eleven, they won it all. It's a big moment for me.
1: Yeah. And I then, was a huge basketball fan as a kid and my dreams were crushed by the Lakers every year, so
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um and you were like in like metal bands and stuff, right? So how did yeah. you how did you end up here? Uh it seems like a long journey.
1: I did like five Four or five years of touring in metal bands, and like we would be gone for like it's not touring like in country, in country, you, you know, you're here Monday, Tuesday, leave Wednesday night, you're back Saturday night or Sunday morning. Yeah, we were gone like six to eight weeks at a time living in the van, and like we, no hotels, we, no hotels. We would get $150 for six guys to put gas and get eight hours down the road and eat. So it was like $5 a day to eat. What are you eating for $5 a day? Hot and ready pizza, dude. (laughs) You make it last all day. That's three meals right there. It was five bucks even back in the day. Yeah. Like, like 2009, 2011. Yeah. And, uh, I just did that for four years and I didn't really like progress in my life. You know, I was like playing the music that I like, I really like to play and Mm. I was like showcasing my ability to to play and stuff and that was fun but I just wasn't making any money yeah so when I first moved here it was like my brother moved here a year before Devin and he kind of like showed me that there was a an outlet that I could still you know make music but make professional music yeah and when I first moved here I was like I hate country music so much (laughs) I'm just gonna learn how to record really well because I've always liked recording being in bands and stuff and I'm like, I'm going to learn to record really well and I'm going to take all these idiots' money (laughs) and just (laughs) go do some metal when I'm rich and just, like, have fun, you know? And, you know, when I met a bunch of the people that Devin had uh, around him and his group of friends and writers and other things, and I, like, completely fell in love with the songwriting but also the community and, like, this family thing that we have here in Nashville that's, like, unlike any other place in... Where you make music, you know.
0: Yeah, the community is.
1: Yeah, it's second to none. Yeah, it's really like it's not the music friendship; it's the music business. But here, it's it's close. The lines are really blurry here. The
0: lines are so blurred, and like, but also, the people that I'm closest with, it's not always. We do do business together, but not. That's not the basis of our our friendship. The yeah. basis of our friendship is that we have a passion for the same thing, you know? And it
1: really is a passion. I like my parents always like call me on a weekend. What are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm at work just hanging and working on something. And they're like, well, why don't you do something else? And I was like, well, I didn't have to do this for a living. I got, I get to do this for a living. So it's almost like if I was at home, I'd be on the couch playing guitar or doing something creative anyway. So I can't tell you how many times I wake
0: up on like a a Saturday or Sunday and I'm like, I'm not going to work today. (laughs) And then I'm like, but I'm just going to review this one thing. You can't help it. That I was working on, and yeah. then I spent four or five hours doing it. Yeah. And I'm fine. There's, I have no work-life balance, but I love I love this My
1: thing. only work-life balance is that I can't have the studio in the house. Okay. Because then I'll avoid that room. Mm. It becomes something weird when it's in my house. When it's, when it's separate from my house, I can be like, okay, I've had enough of the house. I'm going to go to work. Yeah. It's nice, but when I'm at home and I have the thing at home, I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't go anywhere to like get out of where I'm at. Yeah. You know, it's nice to have like two places where you can, one where you can relax and one where you can be creative, even though, like I just said, it is like a privilege to do this for a living, but it's still a job at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. At some some point,
1: at some point, the, the, like the fairy tale kind of wears off. (laughs) Like we're reminded all the time about it, Yeah, but it's still, you know, a job. Yeah. We still have like things that we have to do that we might not want to do.
0: No doubt. Do you, um, have you always had a separate
1: space? Like, have you had to find that that balance? Um, I've always had, yeah. So I have, my deal is a joint venture. So I have a large company, Warner Chapel, and I have a small company, Big Loud. Yeah. And I've always had that large company, small company, kind of like dichotomy of like, I have somebody with a name and with a bank, and then I have somebody that can really give me attention. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I'm giving up a little more equity in my copyrights or whatever to have two entire teams of people review and pitch my songs yeah so that's value that i trade off with i think that's worth it for me so i feel like that in that space they uh you know i get what i want monetarily from the big company and then i put it in my contract to have the small company or any either of the two but usually it's the small company because they have a office space to like provide me with a space yeah either a space or money for a space although you know, the money for the space that they would be putting forward would essentially be my money right? at the end of the day. But, you know, to have that security of like, if I need a place. During COVID, it was a little harder. Yeah. I'm not sure if I just said the bad word that might get. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. If it, during COVID, it was, it was a little harder, but. What, it, what did you do during COVID? Like, I was in my bedroom at my house uh, yeah, and I had like three roommates. So I had, it was just on headphones and I was like sitting on a bar stool that was too tall. For this, for this thing that I was on. So the studio hunch was real bad yeah. during COVID. And then, you have a uh, special chair now. Yeah, I have a nice chair now. But yeah. the crazy thing was like COVID was when my producing thing started. Like Joey was just like, hey, I want you to do a drum beat on this song. Yeah, And it was wasted on you. I was just in my bedroom with a seat that was too high, you know, on my laptop with my headphones doing, that, this, doing like a trap beat.
0: It's, does that feel like surreal sometimes if you're like, I don't know, out at Chipotle. I don't know if Chipotle's playing it wasted on <laughs> you, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And yeah. you hear it and you're like, I made this in my bedroom. I'm
1: kind of desensitized to it, right? So if yeah. some if I'm in this setting and somebody asks me about it and I can reflect on it, it seems a little crazy. Yeah. Right? Or if I'm telling someone how it came about, but like at the time, it wasn't really like Yeah. It was kind of like I'm excited that Joey Moy is letting me work on something that he's working on. You know, that was like my first Pretty co-production sick, with him. Yeah. He's like legend, dude. Yeah. But Nickelback is like, that's my, my jam. Yeah. So it was, uh, that was more surreal than the fact afterwards that like- It was everywhere. Yeah. It's like, it, it, I'm so desensitized to that because like I have, the, uh, not only me, I'm sure you have it too, is this drive to succeed. Like, even if you get to the success level, you're kind of still like, there's more, there's, There's always, like, I don't
0: even know what, what I had these certain metrics in my mind of like, what would be, what would feel like a success to me. Yeah. And like, at first that was like, get a publishing deal. Mm-hmm. And then you reach that and you're like, well, this is, this is nothing. It it's starts not, though. It's, it's not nothing, but.
1: It, it starts before that with write a good song. Yeah. Cause like, I was kind of thrust into it weirdly. Devin had can't come here and like. Done all the pre work for me. He had all the networking done. I just walked in here and just like he had gotten a pub deal and I was just doing his demos. And they were like, Who does your demos? You know, and that's how I met Ben Vaughn. But it was, it was just, it was kind of like I just walked into it. Yeah. I didn't have to really do the Nashville work. Devin did so much for me. Yeah. I came in and I was like, had the opportunity and I was ready to go with like whatever my skills were. Well, you had done the work. It was just not. But those two first years, I did not know how to write a song. Really? You know, like I was like, hey, let's write a song today. Let's, oh, music's coming out. Like we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. It's coming out. Of the, we were, a song's coming out, you know, and I wasn't yeah. really focused on anything. And it took me a while of like seeing, writing with people doing the carousel. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to see that it was like very nuanced, and it was very deliberate. If you wanted it to be great, yeah, you know it's a not a bunch just, of little things. Yeah, it's not just we're gonna just talk and see what happens today. It's like when you really get down to the minutia of it, it's really specific things. Even if it's a simple lyric, like it doesn't mean that that was a simple choice to put that simple lyric in there. That's true. You know,
0: did you? So you you said earlier like you when you came to town, you just wanted to like record and whatever. Yeah. Did you? At a certain point, did you did you kind of catch that like songwriting bug as well?
1: Hundred percent. Like I was just doing demos for Devin, and then I got my pub deal. And like when I was doing my pub deal, I was also starting to write with people. Yeah. And not just do demos of songs that I didn't write. And like one of my first writes on my living room couch was me and Devin and Ernest. Dang. It was just literally like probably my first write in town. Yeah. Crazy, you know. And none of us had, or I didn't have a deal. Devin had just like started talking to people and. Ernest, I don't think had a deal yet either, and we were just riding on the couch. Yeah, you know. Did you?
0: Were you making a track? Or were? Yeah, you... I was just
1: doing a track on this, and then I had my laptop plugged into like the speakers that we used for our, um, for our TV. That's like crazy. these big ass speakers from like the eighties. <laughs> yeah. You like, know the ones that you buy at a garage yeah. sale. Yeah,
0: they're like four feet tall. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, half the time the cone is like yeah rotting off somehow.
1: Yes, but that was That's that wild. was like where I started to transition to be like, okay, this is like not only fun to do, like there's, I was like intimidated that I had to do what Devin did. Mm. I was intimidated that I had to learn, cause I didn't know how to play acoustic guitar back then. Yeah. I, I didn't know how to play acoustic. I only knew kind of really my way around a laptop and like music and stuff. I didn't know how to play, you know, I didn't know what chords were. I didn't know the number system. Yeah. I didn't know any of that. So it was intimidating to like, oh, I'm a songwriter. Yeah. So when I got into the session, I was like, oh, there's space for everyone to do any kind of job in here. There's lyricists only or there's someone that does everything or there's just really great guitarists or there's idea guys or there's producers. Like the songwriting process is not just a guy and a, a singer songwriter quote, you know, yeah. in, a, in with a guitar in a room, although it can, be, it can be. It's not just that. There's a lot of space for all different types of creativity to be in songwriting.
0: Yeah. Did you... That intimidation that you felt, did you like, um, were you, would you like verbalize that or were you no, just no. sort of like,
1: "Oh no," never. just
0: acting like you knew what was going on? Oh, I'd be
1: hard ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, 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 no, I think it's this guy. I think it's this. Uh, it was, it's, it's more like that. Like I, there was also a point, you know, when after that first part, I was like, okay, I can just let them focus on the lyric and I don't have to like feel worried about saying something stupid. Um, but then there was a point at which I was making these really great tracks and really great productions, but like, I was not happy with the lyric at the end of the day, oh, you know? Uh, so yeah. I had to be like, okay, so I can do this. Now I need to figure out how to help do that. Yeah. Cause it could be, you know, not that they struggled or they wrote a bad lyric. It could be that I wasn't involved enough. It could be that I was too involved. There's just like, it just depends, you know? So I, well, I had to figure out a way to like fix that in the yeah. songs. I find sometimes
0: every day it's different, but like today when I was writing, I had the title and then somebody, somebody else in the room was really driving the lyric. And that was awesome. Cause I maybe didn't have it so good today. Like I just, I don't know, Monday, whatever. But there were a couple of times when I was just like, I don't think this line is right. And just saying kind of like, can we chew on this line a little bit more? Actually, like, makes the song much better so if you're uncomfortable with a line like you were describing about it's like can be easy to just say like i don't know if this is right yet or whatever and dig on it a little bit more
1: i always like to take whatever someone else says to like an idea or like you know if someone has an idea i like to literally just try to make the exact opposite happen in the story right so here's the title what would the opposite of that be is that more interesting does that suck is that you know yeah more compelling in any way you know that's pretty good. If you try to make it the opposite, like if it's a ballad and a ballad idea, if you can find a way to flip that, yeah, just it's, it's, it's an interesting like first thing to do, you know, to like when you're in that first 15 minutes of just like throwing everything out. Yeah. Once you decide on the title. Right. Right. And you're in that really big like flow state where everyone's just brainstorming, throwing stuff out.
0: Yeah. When I was driving over here, I was thinking about how to ask this question. So <laughs> I'm just going to ask it the best right. I can. Yeah. But like the term, do you, when people say, "like, oh, he's a track guy," does that, like, is that a, um, like a, for lack of a better term, is it like a derogatory term to you? Do you find no. that to be like restrictive or anything? No. Or no, would you prefer to be called like?
1: Does it doesn't matter else? what they call me. Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, my bank account is all I care about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it's it's more of like it's more of like there are people that only do the track. Yeah. So like there is a reason that that lingo exists, right? Mm-hmm. There's guys that are track guys and they don't do anything else there's you know plenty of people that only do lyric and don't do that you know yeah. I don't call them a lyric guy <laughs> right. really you yeah. know what I'm saying like I call them a songwriter yeah. so it's just it's personal preference as long as you know the checks are still coming in the mail I don't care what they call yeah. me man doesn't matter doesn't bother me <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> that's so funny do you remember the first song that you wrote that came out what was it
1: First song that I wrote that came out was Devin's song, I think. Really? Yeah, All on Me. Dang!
0: But That's I didn't a write it. Pretty
1: good one. It. I didn't write it. Did you do the demo? I did the demo, and my brother gave me ten percent of his share. That's very, very. Not, that ended <laughs> yeah. up being pretty expensive. I. It was. It was good. Yeah. yeah. It was great for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was but great he's for everybody. he's also the artist, so he was making money yeah. that I wasn't making. But Dang. yeah, some brother stuff, you know. Hey, man. I you uh, put a lot of time in that relationship. Yes, <laughs> a lot, a lot. But I feel like. He's, like I said in the beginning, he's done so much for me. It's been crazy how hard I would have had to work if I didn't have him to come here and literally set everything up for me. Yeah. Like everything, the pub deal, all the people that we met. Like I just came here and I had 15 friends first day. Wow. It was crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. When
0: you moved here, did you were you in school or anything? Were you like I, working I did, an odd job or?
1: I was, worried. I was a trash guy. I was, a there's, you know, those like, uh, those vacuum trucks that yeah. like drive around like at night, the,
0: like the little street sweeper ones.
1: Yes. But they're like private ones. It's not the big ass ones that go on the road. They're like the private sweepers Yeah. I see sweepers. them on like 10th sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so I, there's two guy teams, right? So the first guy drives the truck, which I feel like is the better of the two jobs. The no second doubtful. guy has a like a leaf blower. And I have to blow out all the trash and leaves from the corners that the truck can't get into. So I did that from, uh, 9 PM to 5 AM. That was my job. How does one even get that kind of job? My buddy's dad owned the company. (laughs) And so I was like, dude, I need a job. (laughs) (laughs) Like We've got it. (laughs) I was like, I I don't want to go apply for 20 jobs. You know, this is California. So it's like, it's not hard to get a job, but it's like hard to get a job. That's not that's pretty terrible. Actually. I don't know. It was just an easy, an easy check. Yeah, it was there. I yeah, it. it was there. So I did that. And then I would go to school, uh, community college. Dang. My, uh, community college recording teacher was named Merlin Van Regan Mortar. There's no way that's a real name. It's a real name and he's a real person. He's so amazing. I hope he's still teaching there or he got a fat retirement check cause he's awesome.
0: Did you, is that kind of where you learned all this?
1: It was just like it was like my first experience to like going into a a school and like going to learn something. And like a lot of the stuff is like it's hit or miss. It's what on it's it's all on the professor kind of. Yeah. To like bring the energy to the class or bring the class down energy wise. You know, like you can make you can make information so interesting Mm -hmm. to do and to like experiment with, but like a lot of it is just regurgitate this book information. So It's it was he was awesome. Like my first experience in the studio was just hands on first day. We were doing small stuff, but it was still like we were in the studio. We were like there was upperclassmen or whatever uh, higher in the recording program doing their projects and we would like help clean afterwards. So we were just like touching all the mics. No, I'm saying like we were cleaning up all the mics. We were going out to like learn how the boom stand works and like not to tighten it and then move it. And all that, you know, all the little things that I don't think about now.
0: Yeah. How to wrap a cable. Exactly.
1: And yeah. I, I get so pissed off when people wrap cables the wrong way. My cables, especially. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, if I didn't have that first experience going in there, like I don't know if I would have been, because when I first came here, I was doing drumming at Belmont. Okay. And then I changed to music business. Okay. And then I was like, I hate eat both of these things. Doing them as a professional job, I don't like it. Yeah. Um. So then I was like, I just love recording. I was still doing demos for Dev and stuff, and I was just like, I love recording so much. So I just finally went back to that. And
0: did the, you change? Did you? Was this like within Belmont that you were? Switching? Yeah, within Belmont. Okay. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. So I did audio engineering in uh, yeah. just to get. I needed some some grades because it sure. was five years out of high school. I, my test scores were invalid. Gotcha. Belmont's accepting 80% of people, so yeah, they need to build those buildings. <laughs> they'll they'll let you in. Yeah. They'll let you in for sure.
0: <laughs> they do have some nice buildings.
1: The great buildings, great teachers. I love the AET department. I love, you know, the Mike Kerb school is awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh did you feel like that? Did you learn more from doing that or just from doing it?
1: No, doing it for a hundred percent. What I would do is, you know, I would I was twenty three when I went back to school, so I did not like not socialize at school. I would go right. in with my AirPods and I would come out with my AirPods. Like I wouldn't talk to anyone. I, I lived five minutes from school, so I'd walk. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like a lot of kids when they go to school, school is like the job and then they get out of the job and they can go have fun mm-hmm. or they can go do something else. But I feel like w- with me, it was, I would go to school, get the information and then I would go home and I would use the information. Yeah, like for for hours, like or whatever days I was off, I was I was doing what I was trying to do when I graduated already. Yeah, I was doing it, and I like looked into internships, and they were like wouldn't allow you to intern unless you were a junior, and so like I I went down Belmont, and there was a studio in the bottom of a house. Yeah, and I literally just walked up and asked the guy. I was like, "Hey, do you have anything to do around here? Can I do something?" And he was like, "Yeah." That's crazy. And that was my first job here. Actually, was I was a sound guy at a pizza place for like riders rounds. What? And that was the guy that I was interning with got me that job. That's crazy. Is the pizza place still there? Uh, no, it's, it was Soulshine on oh. in Midtown. Yeah, it's a good spot.
0: It is. I think that there's a different thing that happens when you're like when you go to college and you're like 18. Oh yeah. And you're learning all the stuff. Oh yeah. You don't have any concept of like. How it really applies. Like, because I went to Berkeley and did music business. And so you're learning about, like, I don't know, the royalty rates and how they apply in, like, a contract. And it's just sort of like
1: I love that stuff, honestly. It it
0: was really cool, but I felt like I got all of the first squeeze of that lemon, like the first music business 101 class. Yeah. I got so much information from that. Mm -hmm. And then it just, as it went on, it's like more theory of like music business, like what's it going to look like? You this know? could
1: happen or this could happen. Right. Or this could happen. Yeah. And
0: like when I was doing it, streaming was, I think Spotify came out my senior year of college. So like it was just, it was still like very much turning over, um, you know, from from the CD days or whatever. But, but that's, that's cool that your experience was like, you were learning this thing that was like incredibly relevant to the thing that you were trying to do and yeah. already doing
1: well, I feel like that should be the plan for everybody who goes to college to do this because you don't have to. You right. Know what I'm saying? This is like the, there's some jobs that you need, you know, a music business degree for, but most of the jobs that you can probably get if you know someone or, or it's very like ancestral like that. Like yeah. you can just get a job. And a lot of the people like that work in town will go from business to business. And like, the, there's no hard feelings between any of them. It's like
0: yeah, it's all these, just,
1: a lot of people work at every company, you know? Right. They do. What was the question? I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I don't There was no question. I was okay. just sort of
0: pontificating on like the joys of getting to go to school. Like I, to this day, like I, I love to learn things I read all the time. And like lately I've been reading a lot of more like business type books that I like were that I read in college, but reading them now, especially music business stuff, like it, it just applies so much more to my life now. It's much more like tactical because I'm learning it and then I can just But apply also it. that
1: you felt the pain of like, yeah. I don't know where this money's coming from. So I don't know how to check on it. And it really matters now. It you does. Know, like, you know, like, or just whatever situation you were in, like, okay, now I need to really know where my money's coming from. And I didn't like yeah. fully pay attention in class. Yeah. I remember,
0: um, like during COVID I got so bored. I started like reading my entire like recording agreement you know like the long form one and i was like i I, there was just so much in it that i didn't even a lot of jargon a lot of jargon yeah but i had time to look it up and i was like oh this is interesting you know um it's just information but i uh yeah i don't know Uh, you get smarter every day hopefully is
1: that kind of one of the reasons why you started giving songwriters master points um kind of because you were on both sides of it or was it mainly because you got into like okay this is actually how it's working and I I don't like how that's working
0: I would like to tell you that it was (laughs) there was some sort of like benevolence the the (laughs) the initial spark was I was just I had this song coming out called shine on me and it's about it's a song about like the journey the journey of like this thing that we do it's like you just at at the end of the road is hope and we're just trying to get there, you know? And I was driving to meet some people at a bar or something and I was like, I hate the way that this is. I hate this system that these people that are writing on this song with me will never make any money unless the song goes to radio. But the song might make money way before that. And it just seemed broken to me. So when I had the ability to do something different, I didn't like ask a business manager, can I do this? I was just like, well, this is one song. Let's try it on this song and let's try these percentages and see what happens. And it was great. And it makes me very happy that my friends now that wrote the song with me get to, you know, it's not like you don't get paid. I'm not like, I understand the way that
1: because, you know, it's it's not that streaming income is not income. It is income. It's just it's there's there's more money being spent on music yeah. now than ever before. It's just the areas in which that money flow are inaccessible
0: right to songwriters. They're closed off for reasons that don't if I could redo the whole thing, it doesn't make sense to me a lot of times why there's it's built on some legacy system why there's such a differentiation between master and and songwriter and publishing revenue
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it should just be to me it would make more sense if it was just one thing and we all just decided together what you know what different things were work were worth but right now that's not the way the world works and it's probably you know not to be fatalistic but like you know, I'm not sure that that's with change. Universal. <laughs> with
1: Universal spending money on acquiring stake in AI companies, you know that doesn't make me super stoked. No. To to be. Do you honest. worry about AI? A hundred percent. But I'm also, you know, in the camp that is, like AI in general, not just talking about music, but in general, could touch every single part of our lives. Yeah. It could create an a legitimate utopia but the chances of that happening are so slim because it's a, such a small group of people with the technology that's going to be cutting edge. So, yeah. but as far as music is concerned, um, the, big, the big thing with AI right now is that um, you need to ethically train the AI to be able to monetar- monetize the output, right? So you're not supposed to use, you know, mid-journey stuff to like on, a, on an ad campaign. You're not supposed to use certain music um ai generations on commercial releases so universal buying stake in this company they could you know essentially put their own catalog in there and that's ethically sourced so then they could say you know make some kind of thing to create this music and they own the copyright they own the master yeah they own everything and everything's all cleared because they trained the ai on the data set that is universal music which is massive right probably millions of songs yeah. Like realistically, probably millions. Yeah. So that stuff scares me, especially with, you know, the writer strike and the fact that we can't unionize because we're yeah. contractors. Right. You know, that's yeah. a Supreme Court case, which is crazy.
0: I know. Like when the com- writer's strike was happening, I looked it up mm-hmm. and then, um, I mean, it was so weird. I, I looked it up and then I just shared that information like on my Instagram page or something. And some dude was like, don't don't get all political on us or whatever. I was like, bro.
1: This has nothing to do with politics. I'm just showing like what the... (laughs) Yeah, like songwriters have one of the most government regulated jobs, if not the most government regulated jobs, as far as like they set the rates that we sell our product at. Which is crazy. Not saying that, you know, it's getting into sketchy territory, right? Because, you know, if... If it was a free market with songs, you know, there'd be huge songwriters and their songs are worth way more. And I'm a nobody and my songs are worth way less. So I have to do 10 times as much work to get the same amount of money. That system's not great either. Right. Right. So I don't know how to fix that, but it's still weird.
0: Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. It seems like
1: it's getting... I'm not that smart.
0: Overall, just intuition is like it's getting a bit better. Mm -hmm. But that may just be that I'm having more success in my own career. So I feel like it's getting better. There also might
1: be, you know, this like weird, like Amish. Oh, I only like human music. I don't want to listen to AI music. Yeah. Right. So it could be. There could be like this boutiqueness to like, yeah, like songs could be not quantized anymore. And then you'd be like, okay, this is like human. This feels good and real. Yeah. I think...
0: There will probably be an AI hit in the next ten years. If and there isn't already, and that'll be weird—that you don't know about. Yeah, that's true. You know, but like, AI is not making Chris Stapleton, dude. AI can't. Well, if it could sing, if it could sing so like that, let's, who knows? let's use an
1: example. So there was the one of the one of the first things I saw, like that really shocked me was they had this AI like analyze every Rembrandt painting, uh-huh. and then they had it paint what they called the missing Rembrandt. And they had a bunch of like art historians come in and view the painting did it actually like did they find a way to actually paint it well it was like some kind of like super high it was like weird laser printing i'm not sure if there was brush strokes, but they didn't let them get up like forensically but okay it fooled all these people these yeah. art historians they were like this is an amazing work of rembrandt and it's just a it was just a amalgamation of all of his works into something new so it's like it, it fools us yeah well you know I mean, I heard a fire Spongebob rap. I'm not even kidding, dude. I'm not even kidding. I've been listening to it all day. Really? I'm not joking. It sounds like the production on it even is amazing. Yeah. It sounds like some internet money. It's great.
0: Yeah. Well, this may be, this thing that we do might just be like, uh, we made the best carriages and they just invented the car. Yeah. That might be our life, but but I, I feel like, At the end of the day, I don't stress about it because I like to be creative. So if all this goes away, we'd still do it. I'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's just going to be two camps of people. There's going to be the people that use AI Mm -hmm. and people that don't. Yeah, and I hate to say it, but the people who you who are using it are going to be ten times more productive. Whether or not that turns into quality, it could, depending on who's using it. Obviously, it's just a tool. Um, great songs are made on Pro Tools. Terrible songs are made on Pro Tools every sure. day. So it, it's it's kind of more like a not a not a if or a when, but how
0: yeah how you use it. When you, is I'm sure there's like do, is there any like um this is a probably oversimplification, but is there there's like
1: plugins that utilize for
0: certain forms of AI or
1: um well now it's like they're getting into they're putting they're saying it's oh yeah we're using AI technology and it's like. This is not uh, AI technology. You're just branding it as that, right? So yeah. for the stuff that's really scary is the stuff that's not on local computers, mm. right? It's the stuff that Google's doing in a warehouse with 500 million GPUs. You know, that's the scary stuff.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs>
1: like been. you said, there's, we're not gonna stop doing it, right? Yeah. Not mm. gonna stop making music just because a computer can do it just as good, if not better or worse or whatever. It's all subjective. yeah yeah that so. that's
0: true and music has always been very subjective, but mm. the output is in theory unlimited for yeah
1: them. It, well, it's just it's super high output and it's like it can fool you, yeah, some things you're just like it's <laughs> mind blowing I've heard some things that are mind blowing wow,
0: I wonder if they'll um you think they'll utilize different like current
1: voices or generate new ones that's just one aspect of it, yeah voices, music. Yeah. You know, there's there's a big market I think for editing and like the busy work that I do. Yeah. You know, if I could just tune a vocal. It's it's beyond that, right? Mm. So, it, I this isn't a perfect world, I just like screen record myself working. Yeah. And it figures out where I click and what I do to certain things. Like and that's it, a perfect world where I just it learns how I work and then it's me working. Yeah.
0: That seems possible. Hey, man, can you edit this?
1: Hey, it's not impossible, but it's for to be consumer it's probably you know, wishful thinking, but
0: yeah, I would well, love that. You, we mean.
1: have to stop talking about this. I will do it all day. Okay. All right, I'll all literally right. spend five what hours it, talking about it. Yeah. Do you,
0: do you want to talk about, I, I was, uh, you know, you had this Instagram post that was like, I just remember saying, <laughs> I'm said, totally
1: down. I don't Hashtag care. don't send stems. That was, I mean, I send stems all the time. It was just, it was interesting. There was, there's just a lot of people that you think are going to, you know, do business one way and they don't. And that's, that's the, something that I can talk about with Nashville is like, When we do business here, most of the time, 90% of the time, we want to do good business so that we do more business. Yeah. Right? That's the name of the game. Like, we could make 10 songs together and have a great time, or we could make one song together, one of us gets greedy, or one of us has a bad experience, and then that's the last song we make. Yeah. You know, so, like, my whole thing is to always be generous when it's not stupid. Right. You know, and uh, I always err on the side of that, and, you know, usually... The first one, if there's anything that's going to happen, yeah, first one's on me right sure. i'll learn my lesson yeah i 'll take the credit on my uh, resume, but the next one you know i 'll make sure that I cover my bases and i'm you know we 're not going to do the same thing we did last time we 're going to do this thing
0: yeah what kind of advice would you give to somebody that like just wants to wants to because we i've had a lot of um, like songwriters on here um, from like that 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 don't do what you do that don't deal with as much as the production mm-hmm. on the production side as you do so I have like,
1: a kind of a hot take. Okay. Is that okay? Uh, this is f- all for hot takes. But it's okay. Well, so my hot take is that there's kind of like three three kinds of people in yeah. our in our space. Okay. There's people that we were talking about earlier. They just are so good at sharing. Yeah. Ernest. Yeah. You know, just They are inspired. Yeah. I can become inspired. They are inspired. Mm. They are just, they can't turn it off. Then there's some people that work really, really, really hard and they can get there. Yeah. They can get to that level. Sure. And then there's people that work really, 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 really hard and they will never get there. It's Uh just a fact. You just don't have it. Whatever it is, you just don't have it. Yeah. Like that is just the reality of some of these things. Sure. You know? That's a terrible thing to say to somebody who's, like, got aspirations and dreams, but... Well, it's hard to be... um, You're never going to know if you're that third person. No. You're never going to know. And
0: music, it can go on for a really long time. Yes. (laughs) But you have, you know, if you're playing baseball, right? Yeah. You can... There's guys I went to high school with that worked harder... Yes. ...than everybody else, and you you just reach the cap of your potential... Yeah, um, but in baseball, like
1: that's a physical thing, but this is also like yeah a brain thing. So technically, it's physical, right? Yeah, creativity comes from your brain. But
0: yeah,
1: yeah, it's just that's it's hard, but that's real. That's real. Like some people will be here their entire careers and just never get over that hump of like the first thing or the first yeah whatever that sets off their yeah cascade of like oh who is this guy? Okay, we need to work with him. You know? Yeah, or girl, excuse me. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, uh, that was, that's just been, that was the first like five years I was in Nashville was just imposter syndrome of like,
1: I still have that. I, I think can't
0: that's good. Believe I'm here. I think that's good. I feel like they like messed up and put me on the guest list, basically.
1: There was a, like a two year period that I told my pluggers, I was like, I want to be the smallest writer in the room. And if you can't book that right, I'm not writing. Yeah. Only book me two days a week then, you know? Yeah. And I wrote with all the biggest writers in town. And yeah. it was like, where do I go from here? It was like that kind of th- like when you get a number one, and it's like, okay, cool. Like, well, do what is you it, what it, now what? Are your we'll like We'll make a sandwich? <laughs> you know, like it's so weird. It's so weird.
0: Yeah, but, but your biggest songs are they with like did you write them with the homies or yeah? Big writers. I
1: wrote, I wrote my biggest songs with you know the first one was Devin, my twin brother. Yep, um, and Austin Smith. The second one was with Ernest. Me and Ernest wrote 50-50 and then invited Chris Lane to come and like help us finish yeah. and tweak it up to make it him. Sure. So he helped a lot on that too, Chris. And then, you know, somebody's problem was an, like a night, right? Like 7 p.m. we all went to Rodney's house. It was me, Ernest, Morgan, and Rodney. Wow. You know, and here's here's a thing too that's like you should always take a risk. Yeah. You know, like the reason I know Morgan is because I was like, yeah, I'm going to go play drums for Hardy. Like four and a half years into my pub deal, my first pub deal, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be gone three days a week. Right. You guys can only book me Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Like I'm not supposed to be doing that. But like in my mind, my weakest area in my career was face-to-face artist. Yeah. They see my name, their producer sees my name, but like, who am I? I'm just a name. Yeah. I'm a name in some cool sounding tracks, right? Right. So like for me to go out there, like I didn't care about playing. Hardy knew that. Like I told him, like I, I'm I, I'm out here to write with you, man. That's but, the only reason. But dude, can I tell you? I know, don't. We're not I'm not going to do that. We're it not. I was do that. so sick. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm terrible at taking compliments, but so I would never have met Morgan. You know, we did yeah. our first nine, 9, 10, 11 months in country bars with him. Yeah, you know, so like I wouldn't know. He wouldn't know me. I wouldn't have like made that relationship with him. It's not just about writing songs anymore, like you said. It's like getting songs with the homies. That's yeah. what always feels the best. At a certain point, you know
0: you can write a good enough song. Yeah. There's like a bar. Yeah, we. You know where. Eventually, you're like, I know where the bar is, and yeah. I don't hit it every day.
1: But that's like that, it's like porn. <laughs> you can't you can't define it, but I know it when I'll when I know it when I see right. it. Yeah. That's right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you do like the whole thing is getting it to at this point. I feel like the whole the, the game is more like how can I get this song to whoever? Or or yeah. does it is this a is this a me song or is this a, I don't know, a, a lot Nate of, Smith song or A
1: whatever. lot of like uh, songwriters that I know kind of in their early careers, me included, like kind of focused on our, our publishers to like, hey, you need to like, not we didn't say this to them, but we we're like, right. they need to pitch my songs out. Like, why aren't people doing my, you know, their job is to like get you in the room with great combinations of people do your creative, yeah. Direction. That's what they do best. Yeah. Like you're, like same thing with me. Like I send Morgan songs. I send Hardy songs. Yeah. You know. So it's like that's the connection that you want. Yeah. That's the connection that you want. But to you make, didn't know like, it at the time. No, not at know? all. Not at all. Yeah. I thought it was just, hey, you need to do your job, and I'll write songs. Right. It's so much more than that. Like on our end, you know, yeah. I've had some great cuts from my pluggers, but that's not like their main thing is to be like. I know what this guy's writing style is. I know what this guy's writing style is. You guys need to write with this guy. Yeah. This third guy or whatever, this artist.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. It is it is just hard to put it all together sometimes. I was I was I wrote with Joe Clemens today.
1: Love Wildcat. Love him. My guy. He he was in Hardy's Man too. He played guitar for oh, that's right. a long time with us. Yeah.
0: Um but we were we were talking about how like now seems like if you're just in town long enough, like you think, you hope it's all your friends that start to get super successful and famous and yeah. become big artists and big songwriters and all this stuff. But a lot of times what happens too is like, as you hear long enough, there's like people that come up under you, like in the class or two or three below you. But like, because you've been here, they like, they just think you're you're cool. Yeah. And like you belong. But and also, that like trips my brain. But also they will just,
1: oh yeah you and you'll be like what All just time. happened you blow know? right past you yeah yeah so that can be tricky Um, there's this kid but. Gabe Faust okay great songwriter I wrote with him on a writing retreat like five six years ago yeah like I saw on an Instagram story the other day he had a song out with Kane Brown now I'm like that is insane <laughs> that's so awesome though you yeah. know yeah they just blow right past you yes it's so that, it's that so used
0: dope. To, that sort of that sort of stuff used to eat me up, dude, but uh, doesn't even national
1: mean, specifically, yeah. there is enough room for all of us no to doubt. eat there's enough room like I came here and I literally didn't know how to write a song, yeah, I literally didn't know anything nothing and like there was people who were willing to spend two years being like, yeah. These songs are great, but you can do better. Like here, do better. Yeah. Right with this guy who's better than you. Right with this guy who's better. Right with this girl who's, who's amazing. Right with this girl who's amazing. So it's just, it's always like, you're always trying to up your game Yeah. on everything. Yeah. You just get better. Like it's a healthy competition. It's not a, it's not a nasty backstabbing competition.
0: I agree with that. Super with that. healthy. Very healthy. And like, especially once you, for me, like once I got over the, whatever that mental thing that I, that I, I think we, when it first starts happening for your friends, it's yeah. super
1: bad. It, it feels super bad, bad.
0: But then you realize like, um, man, I, I found this note card that were like four years ago. I just write things in <laughs> note cards on my desk and it, <laughs> it was, was a like, hate card or something. No, it was just, I just write notes to myself and then I find that I like, I stash them in notebooks <laughs> and books. So like I find them. <laughs> That's later. actually
1: amazing. Yeah.
0: Um, and it was like other people's success does not like add or subtract from your success in any way. And that really resonated with me um, because that has proven to be very true. And a lot of times as your friends start to have success, it's quite helpful for you. Yeah. Um, but it never, you know, maybe except for in like a very specific situation where like somebody gets a single instead of you. But that even then, you know.
1: Um. Yeah. I've had enough friends get get the, the same heartbreak whereas like oh i have this song coming out oh it didn't make the record oh i have the single coming out oh yeah. it died at 30 right you know like it's my first single oh, I died at 40 you know like yeah we all share the like jealousy but we all share like the commiseration too afterwards you know <laughs> like my number one was during covid yeah and god bless the the big loud people that they did like a drive-through where they had like 30 cars drive through and we were at the office when we couldn't have people there, you know, yeah. instead of doing a huge party. That's pretty cool. So though. it was, it was awesome. But it was, it's like we, when I was here for like six years before that, you know, and yeah, it was like, we always had the number one parties. What did it, uh, what did it feel like? Nothing. Absolutely did, nothing. You felt nothing. Nothing. Did you feel relief? No. Just there were, the stress was there the next day. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's crazy. Back in the nineties, you could have a cut on an album that never went, on the radio, and yeah. you could make hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the number one on the radio was absolutely a miracle, right? Yeah. And so now, to be successful in this current marketplace, you have to repeat the miracle huh. re- over and over again. Yeah. Two is not even good enough. I can't retire. Three is not. No, there's no way. Yeah. And Not that I would want to, but you know what I'm saying? Like sure. There's dudes with two George Strait cuts that are just... Chilling. Chilling. You know, so... <laughs> It's it's we have to repeat the miracle, yeah. Over the, the the amount of people that have to say yes for a song to get on the radio and then to go number one is astronomical. It's crazy. The amount of things that have to go right is it's a miracle. It's yeah. literally impossible. Yeah. What is
0: what is like? Uh, this is sort of a deep. This is a deep thinker.
1: Wait for my shallow answer.
0: <laughs> do you uh, do you? F- do you feel successful or like what is what what does success look like to you?
1: Success for me looks like my dad doesn't have to send me money. Okay. So like I was already, that's so a low there. bar. But you're there. That's a low bar. You oh, yeah. did it, buddy. Yeah. And me and my brother are about to buy my mom a house. That's so sick. like that feels incredible. That's pretty good. So that's like, it's not about the, like it's it's almost like there's guys that's, that get, like executives or whatever, they get so rich and they don't need more money, but it's about the deal. Yeah. It's about the deal. deal. Yeah. So it's about the song or it's about the, like getting in with my, like I hardly write with people who are not my friends. Yeah. I, I barely write with people who aren't my friends and I barely write with people who don't become my friends. Yeah. You know, like I'll probably give you two chances and if we're not vibing on that, I won't see you ever again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have, I don't have to be everybody's friend in town. No. I don't got to write with everybody. No. I don't have that or that need. Yeah. You know, I can have some, I have a blacklist.
0: You do? Yes. Who's on it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to, re- you don't have to tell us. <clears throat> I bet I know.
1: Yeah. You probably know one name. <laughs> Maybe two. <laughs>
0: Maybe. I, I've had so many different types of people on, you know, Brad Clawson's chillest dude ever.
1: and Chill. Other people. He didn't that mention are much his more, father once. Isn't that crazy? crazy his dad is a mega songwriter somebody like mega mega. i guess you can like
0: leave comments on spotify i did not even know that yeah and somebody like commented that about that or whatever
1: insane the most humble guy
0: dude love right with him um yeah i feel like i just sort of there's like that level and then there's like the other side of the coin it's like very intense and i don't really know where where i fall just sort of somewhere in the middle i don't know i think i'm happy to be here I,
1: i think i'm i'm starting to think a little bit more like Craig a little bit. Like I'm tr- I'm trying to sign some people, you know, you're trying to do the thing. Yeah. I mean, if the business is how it is and there's only little things we can do to change it incrementally. Yeah. I better start making some business happen. Yeah. Right. And I can make it happen like you're doing, like I can make it happen better than I, than it happened to me. I want my kids to grow up better than me. You know, like, yeah, I feel like that's
0: the only way that I can s- for like, if you don't like the way something is, you just sort of have to like, It sounds cheesy or something, but it's like, just make the thing that you make it the way you wish it was for everything, but do that just for you. And then hopefully other people, if it's, if it's good, if it's successful, other people will copy you and then you will become the system.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that goes for, I'm not an artist, but that goes for a lot of artists. Um, you know, my brother is not one of those people. My brother does his thing. Yeah. But sometimes he's going to hate me for saying this, but like, I like, Kind of doing your version of what is happening, right? You're not necessarily chasing at that point. Yeah. You're doing like, what is the, how, how close can I get to that without, with still feeling like me? Yeah. Like there's this great artist, Dipper. Yeah. I like that kid a lot. He's got a great voice and a good vibe. Ballad king, just ballads. Yeah. So when we wrote, I was like, dude, let's do double time. What does your double time sound like? Yeah. And I had to kind of convince him. What did it sound like? Sound like brushes. Okay. So it's down tempo, double time. Like yeah. it's nice and relaxed. Yeah. But like it's still him. Yeah. But he doesn't have any more double time songs. Yeah. So like there's, there's always that little weirdness that you can do. Yeah. Switch it up. Mm-hmm. I love Dipper. He's love awesome. Kid. Yeah. He's awesome. I love his songs. I love his voice. Yeah. Put our song out, buddy. It's a great song.
0: <laughs> if you're seeing this. Yeah. If
1: you're seeing this. First radio single. Yeah.
0: Let's do it. All right. Well, we got to go. Hell yeah. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. That's it. That's the pod. See you later. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep rating. Keep reviewing. Keep subscribing. We love you. Talk to you soon. Bye.